Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday Night Ohio podcast, and we are wrapping up week one. It feels a little funny to be talking about football already, and it came fast, but here we are. I'm with uh, Mike Popovich and Chris Easterling from the Maslin Independent. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing very well this fine early morning. Doing great. And Chris, you had one of the uh, higher profile games of the evening. You were out at Maslin. Tell us uh, what went on with the Tigers tonight. You know, if if a team could feel good coming out of a nineteen uh, point loss, I think that's what Maslin should. I think that's where Maslin is that tonight. You know, battle of uh, of teams. Uh, you know, losing twenty six seven to Pickerington Central, and a battle of teams that. That were state runners up a, a year ago, and a couple teams that really over the last four or five years have played a lot of, you know, a lot of meaningful deep playoff games, uh, state semifinals, state finals. You know, it's a nine-seven game with like ten seconds left in the third quarter in favor of Pick Central, and little busted coverage, and uh, gives Pick Central a, a a touchdown there on the last play of the third quarter that kind of makes it a two-score game. And then really the difference in the fourth quarter was, you know, Maslin had two two turnovers and and Pick Central turned him into 10 points. And I know talking to Nate Moore after the game, he actually felt pretty good. You know, he felt like, you know, his team did some really good things against a, a Pick Central team that, that that has at least a half dozen, if not more, Division One college football players. So, you know... You sort of, you know, you sort of, how how damaging a loss this is for them really, I, I guess, is sort of the old, you know, what do you learn from the loss? And, you know, they with Glen Oak next week, and I'm sure we'll get to Glen Oak here very shortly, you know, they're the, one of the highlights of the night, but, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, but. You know, I think for for a young Maslin team that only had four returning starters, and one of those young men was uh, wasn't playing tonight, uh, recovering from an injury. You know, you sort of take it and and, and build off of it. So you know, most people around Maslin's program after tonight were weren't disappointed. You know, they, they saw the kind of the silver lining in the gray cloud of you know, of what has been a, I mean, really a rare regular season loss for the Tigers over the last few years. Well, that's uh, definitely unfamiliar territory for where Maslin's been, but all things considered, that might be an experience they can build off of in the future. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, you know, this is probably, you know, they got St. Edward there about week five, they play a really good uh, Canisius team out of Buffalo, New York, in like week eight, I believe. But but there's no doubt that you know, you're talking about one of the two or three best teams in in Division One. Uh, I mean, it's the best team Maslin's going to face. Sort of like McKinley tonight, you know, you know what they face with Minner. You know, you come right out of the gates with a with a tough opponent. You know, it you know it, it can only benefit you, especially with the expanded playoffs that. That all these teams, you know, can, you know, you can sort of learn. A loss doesn't kill you the way it does in terms of playoffs, the way it has in the past. So, uh, 
So all in all, you know, again, it's how this thing goes forward for the Tigers. But I, I, I think they, they're, 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 they're happy, satisfied with what they saw tonight in terms of something to build off of. All right, and then we're going to move over to Mike Popovich. He was also on the road for us tonight. Mike, where were you at, and what was the final score and your impressions of the game? Well, I was at Robert Fife Stadium watching the uh, Jazz and Polar Bears defeat Akron East 39 to 20. And uh, you know, this is a this is a week one matchup that we saw for uh, for the better part of a decade up until last year when they shortened the season and teams were just playing teams in their league. Um, Jackson really pretty much controlled this game uh, throughout a rather long game, three plus hours, uh, due to a lot of uh, due to a lot of penalties. But um, the one thing that uh, Tim Budd took away from this game was, you know, you see quarterback Hunter Geisinger back, Brendan Craig running back, who's back. But Jackson had a lot of shoes to fill in other areas, Uh, you know, not very many returning starters. And, um, you know, the Polar Bears learned a lot about themselves tonight, you know, coming playing pretty well uh, against a a talented East team who's, you know, given them pretty good games in years past. Uh, You know, the one thing that really stood out was, uh, you know, Jackson only has a couple of offensive linemen who saw starting experience back and uh, newcomers the rest of the way. And they were able to uh, help produce uh, over 200 yards rushing. As a matter of fact, Brendan Craig and Hunter Geisinger both had over 100 yards rushing. Uh, Brendan Craig had a uh, 55-yard touchdown run. And uh, Hunter Geisinger uh, also uh, a long run that, uh, that set up a touchdown. And the one thing that Tim Budd talked about that he thought was their player at the game was their kicker, uh, Nico Paxos. He had a 42-yard field goal uh, late in the game. But the one thing that really impressed him was and he said, uh, when you force a team to drive 80 yards against you, that's that says a lot right there. So uh, it was a good opening win for the Polar Bears. And uh, I was over at Louisville tonight, guys. I saw the Leopards take on Barberton, and Barberton won this game 26 to 7. I tell you what, I was really impressed with the Magics. That uh, offensive and defensive line is really strong. John Jackson, who is going to Kent State, is is a force on the defensive line. He disrupts everything. Uh, quarterback. Uh, Chandon Lee for Barberton was really impressive. What uh, Louisville did is they tried to stack the box to take away Cameron Macon, who got loose for a 30-yard touchdown early on the first drive of the game to give Barberton the lead. And uh, they stacked the box from there, and it was all Lee. He found some open guys that were able to make plays, and the Louisville offense uh, struggled a bit at times. They started to get on track more in the second half, they do have some uh, some issues at uh, running back. Riston Jobes has only been playing the position for about a week, I've been told, and he ended up starting tonight because of an injury to Andrew Essick. 
uh, going through the the training, the uh, scrimmage, the scrimmage portion of the season. And he started to look really good in the third quarter. It was just a matter of feeling out the position. Uh, Caleb Miller did throw a 30-yard touchdown pass to Zach Seaman. But that was about it for Louisville. Uh, Barberton might be a team that uh, piles up quite a few wins this season. And Louisville, I think they had a lot of young starters in a lot of spots. Three new linebackers, uh, four, I think he's, uh, I think Coach Davis was telling me, four junior offensive linemen. So they, they felt like they took some steps and they're going to continue to work. And next week against Poland, that's a, it's going to be another tough game. So something to keep an eye on. Yeah, Barbara has really been improved. Chris, didn't uh, didn't Maslin play them recently? Yeah, I was telling uh, I was telling Cliff off air. You know, a couple of years ago they played him up in Barbara. And uh, it was 2019, and I remember the making uh, the making kid being you know somebody that they were really high on. They had another um, they had an, a, a, another young man, uh, same class. Uh, Mark and McKinney, you know, and they were kind of counting on those two sophomores to develop into what, you know, develop into real, real, you know, big time players for them. The the, the problem is uh, McKinney ended up at uh, Hoban last year, so <laughs> they didn't quite get that. But, uh, you know, good to see Macon sticking out there. And, and, and John Jackson's another one. I think uh, Cliff mentioned him, the Kent State recruit. And. It, you know, it's a good program up there. It's become a you know a consistent playoff contender and and, and really a team that uh, that a lot of uh, that, that I think can make some noise in that uh, that region six and division two. And we'll start taking a look uh, around the area at some of the other scores tonight. Glen Oak defeated Shaker Heights thirty-one to twenty-two. Isaiah Knox threw two touchdowns for Glen Oak. And that snapped a 17-game losing streak that dated back to week two of 2019. So uh, a good night for the Golden Eagles there. Yeah, Scott Garcia back on the sideline and uh, gets a gets a win there uh, in, in his first game back. And you know that's just big for that program. You know, the longer, especially when you've been, you've suffered through a lot of, you know, a number of losing seasons like Glen Oak has over the last two or three years, you know, it just weighs on you. And I know there's a, a lot of of good kids in that program, like like Isaiah Knox, like like uh, you know, you just go to, you know, I'm I'm drawing a, it's it's one in the morning. I'm drawing it's one in the morning. I'm I'm having the same <laughs> trouble, gentlemen. But, but uh, you know, it, it, to get that win that first day, especially when, you, you know, now you, you're going on the road next week to, to Maslin and, you know, it's it, to, to go in with a little confidence, that, that that's huge for the Golden Eagles. That's absolutely huge. We take a look. You know, one thing I, sorry, uh, I was just going to say the one thing I know I noticed was you look at the losing streak that they were on. And and one thing that I noticed tonight, um, their last five games last season, they were shut out. So, I mean, it had been a while since they had scored points, let alone won a game. So I think that's great. I think that's great news for them. It, it's 
you know, I don't, I, I think, you know, when, when Glen Oak is good, um, Star County football is good. I mean, you know, when you look at their past history and, uh, you know, what a, what a, what a happy moment that must've been for Scott Garcia to come back and, uh, uh, pick up his first win back as head coach. Absolutely. And we stay in the federal league with uh, another non-league game. Lake defeated Alliance 35 to seven tonight. Junior running back Matthew Solberger ran for 188 yards for Lake. So, and then uh, the lone touchdown for Alliance that came from Caden Davis. He caught four passes for 84 yards and a touchdown, and he also rushed for 46 yards. Lake, I had heard good things from them from Marlington that scrimmaged. I think the Blue Streaks might be pretty good this season. Yeah, definitely. Run the ball, and uh, you know Matthew Solenberger, the the latest in the line of really good Lake running backs. Hopefully for them. And we'll uh, head over to Chris here, who I think had a quick thought on that game. Nope, uh, I, uh, Mike. You know, I think Mike uh, kind of. You both kind of stole my. You know, I don't want to say stole my thunder, but uh, I think you said. You know, this Lake team. You know. I, I think we think about some of the things they lost, but, you know, they had a lot of good, you know, a lot of, I know putting together some of those top 10 lists that we put together for the, over the preseason, you know, there were a number of kids on for, from Lake on those, uh, on those, you know, listed there. And, you know, I, I think they, they're sort of flying under the radar a little bit because we think of, obviously we've been drawn to what Perry has done or, or, or Hoover or, or even Jackson and, and obviously McKinley, but but you know I I I'll be curious to see what this blue streak team is by about middle of the season, and you know where if you know it could it could really challenge in the federal league. And staying in the federal league, uh, this was a score we alluded to early. Uh, Menor forty nine, McKinley seven. The Bulldogs had a really tough off season, a lot of upheaval. And then you run into the Menor Cardinals in week one, just not a uh, a very fortuitous turn of events for McKinley. No, I mean, it's like we said before, you know, much like Maslin with Pick Central, McKinley opening it up with, with Menor, it, 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 this was always a possibility just because of the high, high level that Menor's, Menor has played at, really, I mean, I'm trying to think the last time you can really think of a down year for Menor. So, uh, you know, this was always a possibility, especially after, you know, kind of the, the shuffling and stuff that McKinley has gone through. But, you know, I think the big thing is, again, like with Maslin, if McKinley can kind of take from this, the pot, take out of this the positives, understand that it's only week one it's only it it, it might have seemed like five losses in one but it was only one so you know come back next week and you know you know just you know try to stack you know stack some good games together i know they have another tough one coming up here shortly i, I think austin town fitch is on their schedule i think huber heights wayne's on their schedule if i can remember correctly I mean, someone correct me if i'm wrong those are obviously really good opponents so they're going to have to put this uh, put this game uh, behind them pretty quick. And speaking of tough season opening losses, the Hoover Vikings fell to Cleveland Heights 48 to 28 tonight. The Vikings off to a 
to a rough start trying to replace someone like Connor Ashby we talked about earlier in the week. Uh, not easy at times. No, and it's especially not easy when you lose the guy who's supposed to replace him in Cade Henney. You lose him during the week in practice. I mean, that's that's you know that's just such a you hurt for the kid um, for Cade because because you you know that he had you know this was his moment. You know, he was taking over obviously for a for for you know record setting uh, you know standout quarterback, but. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate, and it sounds like it's, uh, you know, it's a leg injury. According to uh, Steve Dorsch's story, you know, it, it required surgery. So, you know, Tommy Smart and uh, Carson Druglin, uh, I apologize if I mispronounced that uh, that last name, um, you know, stepped in. And, you know, I, I think sometimes we forget, you know, Cleveland Heights is a, has been a really good football team for for a number of years up in the Cleveland area, but it's up there in the Cleveland area and it kind of gets lost in the minors and the parochial, the big parochials like Ed's and Iggy. So, you know, you know, it wasn't an easy, easy uh, way to open the season. But, but again, like a lot of these teams, it, it's week one, you can't, and for Hoover, especially you are just, that's like seeing a, seeing a Sandy Koufax curveball uh, thrown at you, uh, there when you know when you lose your starting quarterback in the middle of the week, middle of the week leading into the opener so you know you know obviously uh, thoughts to 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 Cade and his recovery but but I'm sure next week you know again get a little better and 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 go on from there I will say it does not look like offense was the problem tonight for the Vikings they put up 367 yards Carson Durlin, 10 of 15, 140 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. That's not too bad for, as you said, having to come in late in the process and start this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I know a lot of the points, might, I, I think Heights sort of jumped out on them quickly, and, and a lot of the points might have come later still, I mean, it's easy to fold the tent when when you know you're down multiple touchdowns in the second half of the opener because there's so much emotion that goes into that opener. But again, credit to the Vikings for for at least you know going down swinging. Yeah, they were down 27 to zero in that one, so they did find a way to to put up some points and, and get some momentum going. So hopefully that's something that continues for Hoover in the weeks to come. And then uh, finishing off the Federal League, Green picked up a 48-6 win over Ellett. Trey Martin caught two touchdowns and returned a punt for a touchdown. So a big night for him. Well, I've seen Trey Martin play basketball. And, uh, boy, he sounds like he's a really, uh, really good athlete, uh, judging by that news. And we will move on to the Eastern Buckeye Conference tonight. Canton South opens the season with a 49-0 win over Akron North. Tam Church had three rushing touchdowns. Jack Pucci Snyder, the quarterback for Canton South, he threw a touchdown and ran for another. That's a great way to start the Denison era over at Canton South. You know, you hear a lot about this. You know, I I think there there there's a lot of people that kind of look with uh, with great interest at this South team. And you know, I know 
under Greg Reed, they had had they had gotten off to some good starts, and you know it seemed like they were really building up something over the latter portion of Greg's uh, tenure there. And you bring in a heck of a heck of a football coach in Matt Dennison, who obviously had great success at New Philly, great bloodlines when you think of his his dad and, and his brother and the successes they've had. And you know I. I I, I, I'm going to be curious to see what the Wildcats do over the over the course of um, the course of this season, and what you know again with what Matt can Dennison can do, kind of building off of, of Greg Reed's uh, the foundation Greg Reed has sort of established there, and you know looking at some guys like a Tam Church, you know who uh, who came in from McKinley, and you know. You know, obviously, you know, Poochie Snyder was a was a young man last year who, you know, turned some heads and uh, as a freshman. And, you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be a a team. I'm not sure the teams in the EBC. I I, I have a feeling this is this could be a year where they finally kind of kind of close things out and finish it off. But I mean, again, it's it's we'll preface everything. with It's early. It's early and it's really late at night here. So, yep. uh, we also stay in the EBC. Marlington defeated Coventry 20 to 12. The big news in that one, Connor Evanich, 12 to 23, 207 yards passing and two touchdowns. Mike, we know how much he was through last season during football and then basketball season. Well, I just, I just really feel really feel happy for him that that you know, I mean we talked about earlier in the week of how much he had to overcome with the uh, uh, broken leg uh, uh, ACL meniscus and you know he just it was just his basketball season was and his baseball season was lost after his football the end of his football season was lost and I, I'm just really, I'm just really happy for him that he's been able to come back and and he had a successful return tonight. And just to wrap up the Eastern Buckeye Conference, we had United Local defeating Minerva 41 to seven. There might be some early growing pains for Minerva. They had been a run-oriented offense the past few years. They were switching to a pass-oriented offense mainly because either through graduation or just leaving the roster, they had no running backs back from last year. Braden Costia was a quarterback they really liked, and they were trying to gear things toward him. So that's a team that that should improve as the season goes on. United Local, also a pretty tough draw off the start. They've, they've, they're known to uh, run a completely different offense and their scrimmages than what they show you in the game. So sometimes the, the film can be a little misleading there is what I'm told. And uh, we also had West Branch, another one of those tough EBC teams. They defeated East Liverpool 47-6. to Stephen Mara, three rushing touchdowns. He caught another for West Branch. The Warriors roll in that one. So that uh, pretty much wraps up the EBC, gentlemen. That should be a fun conference to keep an eye on this year. And we're going to move on and take a look at some other area schools. We had Dalton defeating East Canton 41-0. And we had the Malvern Hornets defeating East Palestine 55-0. 
So the Malvern Hornets get off to a pretty quick start, Mike. Yeah, and it was 55-0 to zero at halftime from what I saw. So Malvern uh, did all of its damage uh, in the first half. Uh, balanced uh, attack from them from guys like uh, running backs like Xavier Watson, Bryson White, uh, K.J. Thomas, and uh, their quarterback, uh, uh, Tristan Phillips, his first year starting at quarterback for Malvern. Uh, he ran for a touchdown, and he threw a touchdown pass to uh, Noah Ball. So uh, Malvern coming off of winning the IVC North last year off to a fast start. And then taking a look at some other scores around the area, the uh, Northwest football team got off to a, a little bit of a tough start tonight, Chris. Yeah, lost uh, lost 21 nothing. The 21 what seven? Apologize, 21 seven to uh, to Norton. Um, Norton jumps out to a to a 14 nothing lead. The only score for for Northwest is uh, Braden Mick who. Uh, Appears to be the the choice, the, the winner of uh, the the three man quarterback competition they've had uh, this preseason. He did throw a, a touchdown pass to Ethan Nicky in the third quarter to get him within a score, but you know, just I, for an experienced team like like Northwest has, I mean, they obviously lost Jordan Mick, uh, their all Ohio quarterback from a year ago, but I know they were sort of confident coming into this season that. Even with the questions at the quarterback position, they had enough experience back a, a, around the, across the board to, to maybe you know kind of couch and, and you know the the impact of the quarterback thing, the quarterback question. So it'll be interesting because it doesn't get any easier for them. And, you know we they uh, they their next two games are at Marlington. Uh, next week and then they they play host to Canton South on to to round out the the non-league and then in week 4 they go down to Fairless who who had a, a huge win on on Thursday night against Sandy Valley so for Northwest I I mean you don't have time to kind of lick your wounds you got to jump right back into it with with three straight really really difficult games two of which are going to be on the road and then uh, we stay in the Pac-7. Smithville defeated Tusla tonight, 20-13. to 13. And then looking at some other independent scores, Struthers defeated St. Thomas Aquinas, 46-12. to 12. Do we have any thoughts on those games? No, I mean, Tusla, I, I think, you know, Smithville and Tesla were two sort of similar teams in that I think both had some some questions coming into the season and looking to, you know, you know, again, week one. So, you know, the biggest thing is for Tesla, you now have to go play Downton. And, and you, you mentioned what Downton did to East Canton earlier. Downton, Downton may be the class of the uh, of the Wayne County League, them or, or Norway, who plays Central next week, Uh as an aside. So, you know, it's, you know, some big week two uh, matchups, uh, Wayne County, Stark County there that, that could, uh, could have, you know, could dictate how the season, how some, some seasons continue to play out. That does it for the Friday games. I feel like we should mention the Thursday openers, because as you said, there was, there was a lot of drama in those. We had two overtime games. 
Central Catholic defeated Perry 28-26. to And then you mentioned it, Chris. Fairless defeated Sandy Valley 29-28. to so it was it was an exciting night last night to kick things off. Well, I was at the Fairless Sandy Valley game, and I'll tell you, that was one of the better week one games I've seen in a long time. And I think it was between two teams who I think are going to have really good seasons. And, and Fairless, you know, was they were down 14 to nothing, 21 to seven. And they're able to come all the way back. And, you know, we had talked earlier in the week about, you know, Sandy Valley, uh, Nick Petro uh, coming in in his first season at quarterback. Well, Fairless has a sophomore, Carson Colucci, who really, you know, he, he, he played like an experienced quarterback, you know, in the way he managed the game and he led Fairless to the comeback win. And, uh, you know, you talk about a, a roll of the dice, although I wasn't really surprised uh, that they that they went for the win. Uh, Fairless did after Sandy Valley scored in overtime. You know, Fairless is able to score and Hunter Campbell uh, uh, ran the two point conversion in for the win. And uh, it was the uh, first time I ever saw a team uh, celebrate uh, to uh, Johnny Cash's ring of fire. I guess that's a tradition down there when they win games. Uh, it was a really uh, fun scene to see, but you know, I think these are two teams that are that are going to have really have good seasons. I think uh, you know, uh, you know, Nick Petro did a good job of uh, managing Sandy Valley's offense as well, and and Ben Petro had a had a big rushing game for them. He rushed for over a hundred yards, and uh, you know, if these two teams were in the same division, I wouldn't be surprised to see them play uh, in the postseason. The Fairless is Division Four, and Sandy Valley is Division Five. And uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see both teams play after Week Ten. But that's been a really nice season opener. I mean, obviously last year notwithstanding, but you know, it, it it's always seems to be an entertaining game. You know. Two uh, two former Federal League players in in, in Brian Gamble at, at Sandy Valley and, and AJ Sarball at Fairless, you know, uh, leading the teams. That it's you know it, it seems like for you know the communities really enjoy that game and, and the teams really do and it's really uh, really a nice way to kick the kick the season off for you know at at a, a smaller school level. Yeah, I think they really have, uh, you know, both coaches, they really have a lot of respect uh, for each other and their programs. And, you know, as long as they're both where they're at, I could I could see them. I could see these two teams playing in week one for quite a while here. And that is going to do it, guys, for the week one wrap up show. We got through it. It is late at night. You'll have to apologize. I'll apologize for any stumbles I made, but I'm very very tired. I'm not used to this kind of uh, expenditure of energy here in the middle of August, Mike. Well, before we go, let's let's mention the other Thursday night game last night, uh, oh, the Battle yeah, of Eighth Street. I mean, uh, you know, one overtime game in Brewster and another uh, overtime game uh, uh, at Central Catholic, and 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 what a win that must have been for. Uh, uh, Jeff Lindesmith and the Crusaders, another uh, traditional season opener for them. Uh, I don't think they had beaten Perry for about uh, five years, and uh, 
And uh, it, it, it sounded like uh, quarterback Jack Talkington really, uh, really played well for Central. I was really impressed with, with him last year. I saw him during the playoffs and the Crusaders always play a tough schedule, but that could be a really, really dangerous team this season to, and they could probably make another run deep into the playoffs. They obviously have have that tradition there. And uh, coach Linda Smith, always one of the, the uh, classier coaches you're going to run into in the area. So it's uh, always nice to see the uh, Crusaders have a little bit of success there. Also, the first that we should point out, the, the first game since 2012 uh, not coached by uh, by Keith Wakefield at Perry. Zach Slate's, and, uh, Zach Slate's making his debut that night. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a storyline to to keep your eye on uh, the, the rest of the way for Perry as well, so... It's something I'm sure we'll cover over on cantrep.com here in the upcoming week. All right, gentlemen, do you have anything else you'd like to throw in? It's really late. <laughs> it is 1.37 on the clock on my laptop. I think that is my cue to wrap this up. Uh, we will hopefully see you early next week for the preview show when I am much more coherent and awake. We <laughs> will see you then. All right, thanks guys. I think I think that's going to do it.